Bring me your tired, your stressed, your overwhelmed and anxious, yearning for some joy in life. It's time to go out and play. Welcome back to Playgrounding. This is Kara Stuart Fortier. This week, we have a very exciting guest. Her name is Rita Izinwa Okoro. She's someone I admire and deeply respect, and I'm also fortunate enough to get to call her a friend. She lives in Lagos, Nigeria, and is the founder and lead visionary of Street Project Foundation, a not-for-profit organization that uses the creative arts and performing arts tools to facilitate opportunities for youth employment, social mobilization, and cross-cultural dialogue in Nigeria. Now, just like a lot of us, Nigerian kids are not necessarily encouraged at all to pursue the arts or any kind of creativity because it doesn't really put food on the table. Or does it? That is what Street Project Foundation is all about. Even in a country that has one of the highest rates of extreme poverty in the world, Rita is proving that the creative arts can carve out pathways to exciting career paths for kids who go through her programs. I've recently raised my own hand to become a mentor to a young woman, a writer um, who's going through her foundation right now, and I cannot wait to get started. But first, let me introduce you to Rita. In addition to Street Project Foundation, Rita is the Principal Communications Consultant for ROC Strategic Communications, a marketing communications company focused on providing world-class communications services to growing businesses and development organizations. She triples and quadruples as a business coach and digital marketing trainer with a bias for women-owned businesses. Rita is a Mandela Washington Fellow of the Young African Leaders Initiative, a program of the U.S. Department of State Bureau of Education and Cultural Affairs. She is also a Global Fellow of the prestigious International Society of the Performing Arts in New York. Rita is the recipient of the Lagos State Award of Excellence in Youth and Social Development, the Extraordinary Women Award in France, and Next Generation Leader Award. She recently graduated from the Eastside Institute in New York, where she studied social therapeutics. Rita has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Rita has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Creative Arts from the University of Lagos, Nigeria, a Master's degree in Media and Communications from the School of Media and Communications, Pan-Atlantic University in Nigeria, and a Certificate in Civic Leadership from Tulane University, New Orleans in the U.S. Recently, she wrote her first op-ed titled, Is a New World Being Created? It's an opinion piece that uses the analogy of a broken bottle to buttress her thoughts about the emergence of a new social construct due to the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, are you ready to meet Rita? Here she is. We finally are here, Rita. We are finally doing our episode. I'm so excited to have you on Playgrounding. I am. Yesterday was very weird. <laughs> but we're here. We had our little, <laughs> we, had, we had a Zoom room uh, flight. Yeah, totally missed each other somehow. Yeah, Zoom is great, but sometimes it plays games with you. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we were both sitting in separate rooms, like waiting for each other. And I have no idea how that happened, but. Anyway, so we're here now and I am so excited because I have just recently become a mentor in a program that just when I try to tell people about it, they're like, what? What is this? Is this real? Can I get involved with this? And and I just wanted to tell the world what you're doing. And so, Rita, first of all, just tell me, tell tell everyone a little bit about you and um, where you're coming from to start something like this that we will tell about you later. 
<laughs> Ooh, where do I start from? Yeah, where are you? Um, Who so, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Rita Ezenwa Okoro is from Nigeria. Um, and um, she's the last born of six children. Wow. Um, Yes. <laughs> and I and I grew up in a town in in Lagos State called Festac Town, um, which was developed um, after Festac 77. Um, so really, the full name is Festival Town. Oh, my um, goodness. What is the festival? Yes. <laughs> The, it was Festex 77. Um, it, it was a festival that was done way before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And it, it brought the artists from all over the world came to Nigeria oh, wow. um, for that festival. Yes. Um, and apparently that estate was built, was a really large um, estate or township that was built in honor of that festival that was happening at the time Hmm. um so well I grew up in that town I went to school in that town um Senjut's private school um and then I went to Nigerian Navy secondary school oh wow I didn't know you were in the Navy (laughs) (laughs) what's the secondary school really um I joined the cadets and I I and I ran I ran away from the cadets and I joined the (laughs) choir instead in secondary school that like I'd rather I sing the national anthem. Yes. I'd yes. rather sing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That match it. round the parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless I was playing my piccolo, I would march, but that's about it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I, then I studied in University of Lagos. Um, I studied creative arts in University of Lagos, and I really mm-hmm. think that that was where the journey. Um, um, no, I think the journey actually started even before then, because whilst in church, I was writing plays Mm. and of course in the choir and writing songs. And so a lot of my creativity was being expressed in church Mm -hmm. and I was directing at 14, um, I was singing from the age of eight in, in, in the adult choir. So I was exposed and I was given full expression for my talent. Um, I did wanted to, I wanted to study law. Um, I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps and my mm-hmm. late sister's footsteps. But I think divine providence happened and I, <laughs> I studied creative arts. Oh, you're making um, such I a think, great impact. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was one of the best decisions that that I made because it was like putting a square peg in a square hole or a round Mm -hmm. peg in a round it was just the right fit for Mm me um and for me was that experience of Mm -hmm. being able to do what I love to study what I love um that has helped me a great deal and has helped with the formation of Street Project Foundation, which is hinged on that philosophy that mm-hmm. young people can make a sustainable living doing what they love. If you are able to find your purpose on time and build and nurture your talents and your giftings. And that was what happened to me whilst I studied creative arts. I was mm-hmm. one of the top of the class. Um, I was involved in a lot of, of, of 
productions, but beyond the power of the, beyond just being a part of the performing arts, for me, it was what the performing arts does for you. Yes. How does the performing arts develop you? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was the twist. And, and, and it was something I discovered over time that the performing arts helped develop my communication skills, helped develop my team building skills, yes. helped develop my critical thinking skills, all soft skills necessary for the world of work. Yes, right? absolutely. And, yeah. And, and so just going through that journey um, and coming out of the university and saying, what next? What do I do? Um, um, was, was something that, that triggered me to say, there's some young people who haven't had it this easy. I Mm -mm. have five siblings who didn't have it that easy. The firstborn studied law Mm -hmm. (laughs) and her God-given talent um, was in fashion, right? Mm. Um, The second born studied economics. Really, she's into culinary arts. That is what what her calling is, as in it's a natural gifting. So Mm -hmm. imagine if she had started developing that from when she was young. Um, The third born studied microbiology. Her gifting is in in, um, cosmetology. She's a beautician by just mere inclination yeah. she just thinks about if you wake her up she knows what to do with your hair with your face <laughs> with your skin <laughs> awesome the fifth the fifth bond studied yeah the, the fourth bond studied zoology um and he's a visual artist really by with his talents right um the, the, the fifth one studied public administration and his gifting is in acting Right. So I saw all of my siblings studying courses that was like a mismatch to what their natural gift sets were. Yeah. And so um, for me, it was for me, it was um, something that I had to think about because it was difficult for them to then gain employment after spending years in, in, in school. Um, even trying to think up what kind of business do I start? Because you started something you weren't passionate and in love mm-hmm. with. Yeah. And that's how Street Project started. And um, for us, what we do is that we use the power of the creative arts to facilitate opportunities for youth employment, social mobilization and cross-cultural dialogue. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it, it's really great. I saw I got to attend one of the meetings and see the videos of the kids that you're working with now. Um, so what so how does Street Foundation Project Foundation work? Um, how do you do you go out into the streets and find the kids? Do they come to you? Um, and what do they get when they when they find you? All right. So when we started um, in started up in 2008, mm-hmm. the, the, the strategy to go was to just go on the streets and mm-hmm. randomly we would record young people from low income backgrounds because our focus are young people from poor communities. And then we would ask them to perform on the spot. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't know what we were up to. So we're <laughs> recording them. <laughs> we're rec- <laughs> we're <laughs> in Los Angeles, it'd be like some crazy people are like videotaping kids and get the police. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> but of course, the team was, they were all well kitted. Yeah, no, you know, know, they were more <laughs> over. The, the wore branded t-shirts and, and all of that. And um 
So they were uploading the, the videos to the back end where myself and a couple of my, my friends at the time would look and start selecting young people who are gifted. And then we will call them for a two-day training on performance and they will do a competition and then win a cash prize and then mentorship. Oh my goodness. One year mentorship. So that was actually how our program started. That's awesome. Um, other things we were doing was we were, yeah, we were going to orphanages and hospices um, where young people who have been, of course, abandoned one way or the other or had special needs were and we would bring music, performance, mm. play to their space. Wow. Right. Just so that they would have fun. So yeah. those were the, the our first touch points. But of course, as technology started coming into Nigeria, young people now are on their phones. About 98 percent of oh, young yeah. people, you know, all have <laughs> if you want to reach young people it's through their phones. Absolutely. And so now one of the easiest way in which we're able to reach them is really on on, on social media mm-hmm. and just let them know um, what programs we're running. Um, and they apply and then we run auditions depending on what programs we're doing. For some programs, it's an interview. For some mm-hmm. programs, it's an audition. Um, and um, it's usually very competitive, but they come in and our programs run from three weeks to six weeks. Mm-hmm. But the, the twist is the mentorship Yes. And the internship, apprenticeship opportunities that come afterwards, because for us, it's how do we build the value chain from the point of, you know, discovering them. We call it the youth engagement cycle. That's our model for engaging young people at Street Project Foundation, where Mm -hmm. we first discover them. We create platforms for training, building their capacities. And then we match them up with mentors and place them on internships and create platforms for showcase where they can express themselves. Young people want to express themselves. In expressing themselves, they are sharpening their giftings, they are honing their skills and developing themselves ready for the work market. Even if they want to start up their own businesses, one of the things that we're teaching our young people is how do you turn mm-hmm. your talent into enterprise? Oh, yes. This is one thing to be gifted, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing to be able to say, I can turn, you know how people say, it's my hobby, it's my hobby. Mm-hmm. But that hobby could be making you some shmoney. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And one of the things you said on, on, I think it was the meeting or if it, maybe it was just us talking, but that, that the arts, anything arts related is not really encouraged culturally. Um, I know for me I, that 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 happens all over the world. But I mean, I, you were saying it's kind of if they want to make something like this into a living, it's kind of not something that's super supported by the general culture, um, and that they kind of have to be told, no, you can actually do this for yeah. a living. And absolutely. So um, culturally, if you had to translate play. Mm-hmm. In any of the languages in in Nigeria. So I'm more conversant with the Yoruba language. And Mm -hmm. play means ere and shere. It's like a thing for kids. It's a thing for... Do you understand? It's almost like, okay, if you're an adult who... You're an (laughs) adult who's playing. Um, There's a word for it. It's agbaya. It's almost... (laughs) 
<laughs> There's like, a word for it. Why are you an adult trying to be a kid, <laughs> right? Or trying to put a mask on and be, yes. So yeah. that's, that's how deep culturally Mm-hmm. Um, um, the context of play, the context of performance and creative arts, you know, feels. But gradually it's changing because of the economics yes. of things. Now people are making money uh-huh. from music. Yes. Um, people are becoming popular. Nigerian music is becoming popular music mm-hmm. yeah. across the shores. Uh, you, you, do you understand? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Our, our plays, yes, Nollywood is now a thing. We're mm-hmm. on Netflix now. You can find our films on Netflix. You can mm-hmm. find our comedies on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is definitely a gradual change. Um, I'm hoping that there will be a time when the government of, of my country would be able to invest on a higher and deeper level Mm-hmm. you know in the creative arts um and also we really also need to be sensitive about the fact that nigeria is one of the poorest countries in the world mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately mm-hmm. it's rich but poor yeah. rich in resources but poor in in the economics of things yeah and, and so people are trying to survive by the day yeah and so if they do not see how their child can make money. They, they can't see it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like they can't see how play or performance can can pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them cause for concern. And it's, yeah. um, it's understandable. Oh, yeah. But these are myths that we need to change. Yes. And also a system that we need to create so that people truly see that if you are in the creative arts, you actually have the capacity to create wealth. And oh. sustainable. You are so eloquent, and I have goosebumps right now. Like just talking about this, it's so important. Uh, and and you actually are an example of you had the opportunity to to be the one in your family who gets to do what you love, and you were able to make a career out of it. You have your own. You have an agency there that you work your. That's your agency, right? Absolutely. I don't remember. Yeah, it's your agency. Yes, yes. Marketing yes, and I do. advertising. Yes, it's called RSC Strategic Communications. Mm-hmm. And what I do is that I work with um, businesses, be it small, big, large businesses. And I'm also very passionate about development organizations mm-hmm. because I do not think that they do... Um, a good enough work in terms of communication. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of the multinationals who are buying off all the billboards and airtime space on radio yep. and television that the real change messages, the real messages for development and, and transformation in our nations are not getting enough airtime. And when they do get the airtime, the, the creative work isn't quite there. So I'm really passionate about development communication uh, as well um, mm-hmm. and running street projects and all. And I just started um, um, dabbling my, my hands into hopefully going to transit to, to a podcast as well. Yay! But I'm on Instagram running a program called Online with Rio where I'm really also creating opportunities for development experts to talk about challenges and issues, you know, in the world um, and how, how to help people, you know, um, navigate through the, the challenges that we were constantly facing in our world today. If it's not COVID today, it will be something else tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah, as we're, as we're learning painfully right now. Wow. Painfully. 
Well, the the main thing that you were saying is is getting the, the getting kids not only through your program but into mentorship and into internships. Because it's it's one thing to you know learn how to do all this stuff, but still the barrier to entry is always there when it comes to getting them into these jobs. Um, I kind of had this feeling like, well, I don't really have a huge background, and I don't really. I worked with youth once and I don't know if I'd know how to mentor someone and all that stuff. Um, I went to this meeting that you put on and I learned that, hold on, I'm totally on board with this. And I think this is something I could do. And so next, next Wednesday morning, I have an appointment with a young woman that um, went through your program, who's a writer and that's a creative art right there. That's what I do. And that, you know, writing brought me into podcasting and doing all kinds of, I ended up in marketing. Um, so it has been a marketable skill for me. Um, and so I feel like at this point in my life, if I can just focus on what her goals are and maybe, you know, yeah, I think, I think I can do this. I think I can be a mentor. And I, I really did doubt that at first when you first mentioned it. Um, but because I was like actually really entranced by your speaking about all of this, I'm like, okay, I'll show up for this, for this video, you know? <laughs> um, and it's one hour a month and I'm really excited about it. And so can you kind of talk a little bit about this mentorship and internship program that you guys have and how that all works? I need to say first, thank you for opening <laughs> <laughs> opening your heart up to this. Oh. Um, it was a little I'm scary. Excited. I was a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite excited that you shared all the time. Um, Sharon, who you're you're Yay. mentoring, is is an ama amazing young young woman now Great. young woman she's 18 um, and I know that just working with you would be. Um, would be something she needs for her development yeah. and for your development as well. Absolutely. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I was, I think it was Barbara Silverman who asked me this question. I tell people about this question and how much it hit me so much. You know how as development experts, we keep doing the work. We're selfless. Sometimes there's sleepless nights and everything and you do not pause. Mm -hmm. And Barbara asked a critical question and said, how, how has this work developed you? We've <sighs> talked so much about how your work has developed people, but mm -hmm. how has it developed you? Wow. And I found that to be a very, very critical critical question mm -hmm. and that I keep asking myself I always pause now mm -hmm. when I'm doing an activity when I'm done for the day it's my reflection how has this thing developed me Oof. and that's what mentoring is um when you have poured out and I'm th this is my life's my life's purpose because yeah. I'm constantly pouring out um but there's there's this thing about giving and and mm -hmm. it will come back to you in return yeah. it does that is practical principle and it does happen there's some level of fulfillment that happens and there's some level of stretching that yeah. happens internally for you. And yeah. my, my answer to how was that my work has built my capacity to do things that I didn't think that I had, I had the capacity to do. Oh. And that's what mentoring does. Yeah. Because you're going to have mentees who are going to ask you questions that you're like, um, <laughs> I, never, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. And your position as a mentor makes you want to find a solution or think up a solution mm -hmm. or just be honest and say, you know what, 
I'm not really sure about this. Yeah. And even that in itself yeah. is a level of development. And um, and I'm, I'm t- t- anyone who's listening right now, mm-hmm. who's like asking yourself, I do not think I would make a good mentor. Your experience, just the fact that you feel that you're not good enough might yeah. just be the reason why you should mentor someone yeah. so that that person doesn't feel not good enough to do anything else. Absolutely. And in the process of doing that you would feel good enough to do anything else so that's my word to anyone who wants (laughs) who's thinking should I be a part of this or or not and then internship I mean I I I can't overemphasize the importance of internship Mm -hmm. and also the fact that for young people who are trying to see the light and also make sure that they're able to put food on their table Mm -hmm. and and see how their talent translates into financial wealth. Just having an internship where they are paid a stipend Mm -hmm. for what they're doing, it does something to their psyche as to, okay, these are the things I need to do to be able to earn this much. If I put in more effort, if I put in more work, if I'm proactive, if I understand the operations and structures better, I probably can move on to that next level. Some young people have never been in a corporate environment before or even a creative structured environment or even an informal creative setting. They've never had that experience. And that experience is important because they go out and people are looking for work and they're saying you should have two years experience, three years. This kid just came out of school. Secondary, where are you going to get that experience from? And so that's where um, the community coming because what we're doing is building a community and a community is cyclical right where we're all developing as a result of giving to one another and sharing and connecting with one another and so someone who's like selling you know some baking or or cakes or whatever who needs someone to welcome people at the door greeter or um who wants to you know um um, be at the front desk you know and that person begins to put out a performance Uh of a lifetime and say you're (laughs) welcome you're welcome to this bakery blah 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 blah. and that's what the creative art teaches you and before you know it they're putting the things that they had learned in the boot camp into practice and they become experts at, 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 at it and they're doing great and at the end of the day They've built their capacities enough to be able to earn a living or even start up their own business. Or for some of them, it might not be about, okay, I want to start making an income immediately. It might be, I need some clear direction. Yes. I do not know. I do not know um, what course I should study in college or in the Mm -hmm. university. And just coming to the boot camp brings some clarity. Yes. As to what they even want to do in life, because exactly. I, we have quite a number of people in the young people in the boot camp who studied engineering, who studied some science courses and all of mm-hmm. that, who have had to like try to realign. Some of them have deviated completely. Some of them have found, you know, where both art and science, you know, collides and mm-hmm. how they can make that work. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm one of those weirdos that I, I just always thought it was this weird thing in my past that, you know, I went to acting school, you know, I, and I didn't make it. I was a wash up, you know, I didn't wash out, whatever it is. Um, but actually like it was a few years later I was doing, I was entering the corporate world and I realized that 
things that scared me, I knew how to play around with them. And I knew, knew how to reframe them in my mind and pretend. And I remember I was, I was, I had joined a group that did citizen lobbying, um, for like poverty issues. And so we're standing outside of our representative's office. Actually, I think it was outside of our senator's office in Washington, D.C. And everyone was freaking out. And I was super excited. And and I'm like, guys, she's a woman. She's a lady. She's a she's a human being. And she may be powerful, but we can do this. We can talk to her. And I just said, just pretend you're going to an audition. And they all just looked at me like, well, what? And I'm like, yeah, every time I'd go to an audition, I'd go through this little process of like, you know, in my head, I'd use my imagination to sort of talk myself down. And that was a skill I learned from acting. And I had no idea how powerful that was going to be for the rest of my life for moments where I'm getting ready to go to Diane Feinstein's office or moments when I'm getting ready to go into a job interview. Um, so many things from the world of, of the arts becomes this thing that just fills you up and makes you taller, makes you stronger, makes you more capable and resilient. And I think that's just lost on so many people because for right, for good reason, we're very worried about putting food on the table. But I think that I was, I had a, an edge going into my professional life because of my weird, like little thing in acting school off in New York, <laughs> even though Absolutely. I watched I up. can't, I can't, I can't agree with you more. <laughs> um, one of the, the word, when you ask our, 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 boot campers, one word, you know, that would, that would express, you know, what the boot camp has done for them. They said most often the word is confidence. It has built my confidence level. It has built my confidence level. And we know how important confidence is in Mm -hmm. the job market and even in business, (laughs) in, 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 yeah, you just some people say fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's all it I've takes been doing. Some, <laughs> it takes <laughs> it takes confidence to be able to put up that act until it becomes real. Yeah, right. It's um, true. And I, I feel the same way because um, I was also fortunate that one of my earliest move in career was working in advertising. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means? A lot of presentation. It's a lot yeah. of selling of your ideas. You're selling abstract ideas that even you are not sure whether that idea is going to <laughs> truly sell that product or service. Yeah. But you feel it's so wow and you have to sell it and you have to find a way around it. And then when they are being asked questions, you have to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. That's that's something. And I think that and, and there and there, I knew that this wasn't just coming from anywhere. There was mm-hmm. there's a residual of yes. knowledge that was stored up, mm-hmm. that was stored up unconsciously yeah. whilst I truly put my heart and my mind into the arts, yeah. right? Because I, I truly was sold out to the arts. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> in the university, in university, because it's one thing to be there and not be there, be present. But I was truly present. And, but for me, I was having fun. Yeah. It was something I loved, right? But exactly. I really did not know its impact until I got into, you know, the corporate world and, 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 and just being a creative in that yes. space. And then not just being a creative, most often I was the only female in the creative department oh, wow. in advertising. Wow. And I studied about it and I, I found that, that, that that's similar. How many creative directors are women in advertising agencies across the world? Think about it, Scylla. <laughs> I can't actually think of a female, like, creative director in any of the companies I worked for. Not one. Yeah, no, I, 
Not so really. that that's that in itself. That's another. That's a topic. Yeah, for a whole, yeah. <laughs> very important topic. Yeah, which brings me to one of the programs that we run called Digital Amazons, which is born out of Yay. that frustration. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, because we're bringing you on board on that one for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And so what we do is that we find young female creatives uh, who are gifted. In, in any aspect of the arts and who are savvy sort of, you know, in, in certain areas who have shown some interest in, in the digital space. But we try to, the, the whole essence to build their capacity in photography, graphics design, video editing, animation, um, um, content writing, copywriting, mm-hmm. areas that are male dominated, you know, um, in, in the creative space and, and get them to learn these things. And, and then we um, do this in collaboration with the association of, um, we, we do this in collaboration with women in advertising, the committee of women in advertising, oh, wow. which is a branch of the association of um, advertising agencies of Nigeria. Oh, wow. um, and so what that happens is we train this young women and then they place them on internships in advertising wow. digital companies That's and wonderful. We've, we've had an 80 percent success rate in terms of internship placements and 25 percent of them if not more at this time have been abs- absorbed by these advertising companies and mm-hmm. you know what they're they're earning a sizable amount of money as women and the women advertising now built in terms of mentorship because we need to raise women leaders not yeah. just in, in account planning not just in strategy but <sighs> also as creative directors as leaders mm-hmm. in all ramifications really um, and so that's one of the programs we're running another program we're running is the creative youth Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. Which 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 we've been talking about, yeah. where we're we're training young people. All you need to do is come as you are, as long as you, if you sing in the bathroom and we do an audition, <laughs> awesome. and we'll find out that your voice is awesome. We nice. bring you in, visual artists. But the surprise for them is that they get to explore every area of the arts because every genre of the art teaches you something. Yeah, and so totally. they think they come and they are only going to focus on the area where they're interested in. They then discover that they. They also are gifted in some other areas that they didn't know about. Yeah. And then the synergy of all the different art forms that they know helps them create something that is really unique and beyond their comprehension. Yeah. And then we teach them collaboration in that space and it runs for about six weeks. And like every other program that we run, we also um, we also match them up with mentors and place them on internships. That's awesome. Um, and then we, there's a great move on making sure that there's inclusion. And so we're so, so, so interested in ensuring that persons living with disabilities are involved in our programs. So we've had persons with physical disabilities um, persons who are, ha, are hearing impaired or visually impaired have been involved, you know, in our programs and are doing amazing work. Our vision for Street Project Foundation is that we're raising a critical mass of transformational young leaders, making a living, a sustainable living, doing what they love. And so for us, it's the ripple effect, uh-huh. a ripple effect. And we will we want it to spread around the world. Absolutely. We call them street project ambassadors. So wherever oh. they go, yeah. So wherever they go, they are rep- they represent what the essence of street project foundation, which is excellence, which is believe in yourself, which is do what you love. 
Absolutely. And that was the, that was a video. And if you wouldn't mind me sharing it on the on the page of this, I wouldn't of this mind episode. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's really good. And it has some of the ambassadors on it. And you can see them. They are just incredibly confident. And I and I can't help but think like if, if you're like me and have and are in your 40s going, well, I don't have as much confidence. Like just last week's episode, um, we had a gentleman, Gary Ware, talking about how he was burned out and he decided to start going to improv classes. And it just completely changed not his career path at the time anyway, but it changed his mindset and it made him more confident. So it doesn't matter if you're, if maybe you think, well, I'm already in my career and none of this can do anything for me. Maybe I can mentor or whatever. Mentor yourself. If you aren't out there doing something fun that you love, even if it's just on the side, it will impact your whole life, including your work life. Even if your work is not something you're super excited about right now, you never know. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> because, because then when he had a big falling, you know, and he ended up on his own and needed a job and didn't have any plans, he started building off of the hobbies that he had built while he was in his job. And it's just you never know when you actually invest yourself in something that builds you up and brings you confidence the sky's the limit. It's no guarantee, but it's, you are more confident in everything you do after that. I, I just believe. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is great. Uh, yeah. Oh, great. wow. This, I'm so excited. And I'm really honestly just, I'm, the more I think about it, the more I'm just, I have, I've, I'm just really anticipating in a week getting to talk to Sharon and seeing, you know, what that's going to be all about. And I don't know about all the, how it would all work to have her become an intern. I know there's probably all kinds of logistics and all of that, but, um, yeah, like just the idea of being able to invest in, in young people and help them find the confidence. Cause it's getting harder and harder for kids to get their first jobs or any jobs these days, at least in the U S too, but like, I'm sure it's even harder there. And so Wow. Yeah. And for us, it's also important for the cross-cultural yes. dialogue. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm very interested in ensuring that the global community mm -hmm. is involved in what we're doing as well. Yes. Because we're, we're talking about young people who the idea of travel is far from them, yeah. far from their thinking because of the economics that comes with travel itself, mm -hmm. right? trying to get your passport, the cost of traveling outside of the country, yeah. um, all of those things. You don't, they don't think about it. And so they travel on their phones. Yeah. And there's only so much truth you probably would find as opposed to finding a native in a land mm -hmm. <laughs> far away from yours yeah. who's doing something else and you are able to exchange ideas. Yes. And that's for me, being a part of the Global Play Brigades, one yeah. of the things or any other global community like the PTW and all of that mm -hmm. is important to me. And I think it builds me up as a person because I'm not in a cocoon thinking that this is how things must be and should be yes. because I grew up in a certain way. But there are other people, millions and billions of people around the world who have different cultures, mm -hmm. different way of thinking. And if we cross pollinate and take the good in everything, we're mm -hmm. able to, um, we're able to import and export ideas that would be developmental for our countries and our nations. Totally. And so for our young people, it's very important um, that we open them up to a world that 
they never knew existed and mm-hmm. see how they navigate through it and see how that knowledge develops them as well. And that's Absolutely. why I said it's also developmental for you, Kara. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, it be, becoming you know, part of a global have you, have you had a Nigerian? Have you had a Nigerian mentee before? No, I have not. No, I have not. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, so imagine what that experience of connecting with a young teenage Nigerian and think about and see and I'm sure you'll be thinking about how teenagers in America behave vis-a-vis what are the similarities what are the differences and you would never know when that experience would come you know become Mm -hmm. very useful in in talking to some other person or and and all of that but cross-cultural dialogue is just so important to us as well and then teaching our young people about how to use their art forms for social transformation mm-hmm. but it's, it's beyond art for art's sake yes there's more there's more to why you had that gift in the first place absolutely um, yeah there's more to it and I think one of the reasons I feel fulfilled as a human being is just being able to find my purpose in my giftings and mm-hmm. understanding how why do I know how to sing why do I know how to act why do I know how to speak uh-huh. there's a reason for that not yeah. every one of us has to be on stage on, on 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 a constructed stage but we are all on the stage of life yes, and we, we had to perform one way or the other and understand our purpose what our characters are yeah. in this in this big, big stage of life uh, I and love play. it <laughs> oh and we have to play <laughs> <laughs> Joining my global community, the Global Play Brigade, has opened all of that up to me. And I have gotten so much more confidence and excitement just in friendship um, from all over. And I I have been realizing lately that globalization, it's not about supply chains anymore. And I think it's going to burst into something more like this. And I think that you're leading the way um, with these kinds of programs, these kind of global connections that we're making with each other. And this is a different kind of activism to change the world. This is one person to person, one-to-one. Yes. And anyone yes. can participate. And I will make sure there are links on the website, on the um, show notes page to uh, facilitate anyone who might want to join in the fun. So yes, please, <laughs> please, www.streetproject.org. NG. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Instagram yes. at Street Project Foundation Woo, and Facebook yes. at Street Project Foundation on Twitter, Street Project One. Number one, figure one. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. It's always a delight speaking to you, Kara. Always a delight. You too. We have so much in common, right? Thanks so much for listening. Now, listening is great and everything, but what I really want is to hear you talk on the podcast. Each week in the Playgrounding newsletter, I'll be sending out a question for you to answer that you can do by clicking a button and talking into your phone or computer. So you can sign up for the newsletter at playgrounding.com and I really hope you do. So uh, yeah, until next week, stay playful, my friend.